Welcome to Live from Lockdown, Zach and Dom. Across the city, we can see each other through Zoom, but we are probably 50 kilometers, no, not that much, 20 kilometers away from each other, yeah, keeping your company me. in self-isolation. I'm, I, I've got to say, because I've been watching a lot of like AFL programs over the past week as, as the AFL season gets close to resuming, and they keep interviewing people on those shows via Zoom, understandably, because that's the easiest way to do it at the moment. But what interests me, Zach, is that are you even on like mainstream broadcast TV? They're still having the lags. They're still having that thing happen where like someone will freeze for five seconds and well, then their words will come really quickly afterwards. See, here's the thing. I think what it's done mm. is really brought to attention that there's not much difference between TV and internet broadcasting. <laughs> yeah, this is my sure. opinion. Okay. And so it's more about the content. So yeah. if you look to people like um, I watch Seth Meyers, uh, he does a late night show mm. on NBC after Fallon. Yeah, and he's been broadcasting from his attic. They have a nice camera in there now, but they didn't always. And he does his monologue from the desk. Mm. What's the difference? I don't yeah. like. He's not in front of an audience, sure, but I enjoy it just as much. I think it's just as effective, in my opinion. It would cost way less. Yeah. And similarly, I've been watching programs where they've been having people zoom in, whereas previously they would have had people go out there with a camera crew and whatever. Mm. And I'm like, is it worth the money? In my opinion, no. I think yeah, it's okay. fine zooming in. Well, you, you, you're putting a lot of camera uh, camera people's jobs at risk with that that statement. The camera no, well, people of the country you, need this, Zach. Well, they need to go and film I film understand that, but unfortunately, in my opinion... Yeah. <laughs> um, you you need to... That's no reason not to advance. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Uh, it is an interesting point. See, personally, I, I had kind of thought, geez, it'd be nice to see this interview in crystal clear quality, you know? Because this is the other what, problem what's with it, it. Why? Why? Why well, do you need to see it no, in crystal clear I, quality? It's not that I need to. It's that, uh, you know, I, the lags and when, you know, the voice speeds up as they well, catch yeah, up, lags that's frustrating. An issue. I haven't witnessed much of that, to be honest. I kind of thought most of the ones I've seen have been... Pretty good. Usually what they say when you start making videos mm. and things on the internet is they say, don't worry too much about vision. Yeah. This is what everyone gets, you know, bogged down in. They go, mm. whoa, how many megapixels is the camera and whatever. Sure. Don't worry too much about that. Make sure people are able to hear it clearly. That's the main thing. Because mm. people will put up with pixelation, but they get frustrated if, if it's grain, you know, if it's uh, inaudible. Yeah. And I feel like as long as it's audible, you know, I feel like that the the amount of money it costs to make TV mm. versus make something on YouTube is vast. It's to a point where TV can't compete. Yeah, yeah. And so, so when you have these, you know, we look into making series and stuff like that because we've made stuff on the internet before for a long time. And then you look at to switch that to TV. The cost is enormous. Mm. But I always think, well, all these people are making similar stuff online in their bedrooms for free almost yeah. all they need to do is buy a relatively cheap camera compared to what they're using on tv and i just think how can tv survive unless it goes one or two ways that tv gets much cheaper mm. which will happen zoom and and things like that maybe people broadcasting less conventional ways or tv gets much better that's also happening with netflix yeah, sure. putting more money into Bigger, right. um production things and stuff like that. Or, you know, for the football, they're putting more and more money into how they're broadcasting that. 
Sure, and so I yeah. think we're, that golf is probably going to get bigger. It's where TV is becoming a bit more like cinema in some ways, you know, because well, cinema is becoming more like TV. You have Marvel. <laughs> What's like you have? T- it's a it's a series that goes for twenty movies. Yeah, that's yeah. practically a TV series. <laughs> I didn't realize how strongly held these perspectives were, but I do agree with you. I I think um see the thing I keep finding as I'm watching these Zoom interviews. The other thing, if, if this is the future, if this is the cheaper way we're going forward, a memo needs to be sent out to all Australians about how you should do a Zoom meeting or an appearance. Have you because, seen poor ones, have oh, you? Well, I was watching on, on one of these AFL shows the other night and I, they had someone, I don't know who it was, and basically the, the webcam was completely below him and he was like looking down into it. He, the yes. lighting in the room was was that you know that like old yellow lighting that like lights get when uh, like r- ceiling lights will get after like 10 15 years it was sort of this this yellow light he was looking straight down there was awful shadows and i just thought this is this almost looks like you know grandma or grandpa learning how to use facetime and you're doing a tv interview yeah well you'd think that they'd send out some best practices. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, totally. make sure the camera is at least eye line, put the light source behind in front of the subject. Well, yeah, here's a few um, secret insights for you, Zach, that you wouldn't know, but my, my computer is actually sitting on a few boxes of board games to reach the webcam to, uh, to eye height. You know, this is it's simple go. stuff. There we go. That's how it's I done. Have, you are a little brighter today. Usually your room's quite dark. Have you done mm. anything about lighting? <laughs> well, see, I've, I've actually, it's funny you say that because I've done a few Zoom calls over the past few months, like everyone, and getting the lighting right in my room has been tricky because I have like three different windows that I could like, they're, they're small windows that I could open the blinds of, but I never know which one's the right one to open. Sometimes I'm lit too much from one side or the other. So now I've gone to that. I just shut them all and turn the lights on in the room. So, but my point is there has been significant thought going into the lighting. I don't know well, if you can say I'm a lighting well, director. Do but. you want some critiques on your framing? Yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you can do much about... You're blown out in the background with your blinds. Yeah, no. yeah, I think yeah, the I blinds am. are a little bit of an issue. Yeah. Um, I think the way that your wardrobe is set up, it doesn't have a curtain or a door. So, I can see into your shelving, which is a bit cluttered. <laughs> If you could oh. cover that up over your right shoulder, I reckon that's that pretty clean. Doing... I think it's neat and orderly. What's 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 messy in there? Just the idea that I'm seeing a shelf that's not sure. You know, displayed. You know, some shelves are quite fancy. I see that what you one. Mean. You know, it's in the dark and stuff like that. I've had. Yeah. I think people are putting a lot of effort into it because I had a Zoom call with someone and they had like ferns and trees and a painting set up in the background but it was in a way that it was framed quite nicely it had a fern on kind of either side in the background they were in the middle and i thought afterwards i was like i think they've they were they were a tv person too so they were aesthetically minded sure i'm like i think they've done that on purpose that set design i think they're setting up a a shot yeah yeah yeah, well, and, and why not? I mean, everyone is their own set designer at the moment. Whether you're doing a, a spot on Fox footy, you know, talking about AFL, or you're just doing your, your weekly Zoom call with the, you know, the people you work with. Absolutely. Make the other fun. one that I think will get much easier too is podcasting, because we're doing this podcast at the moment where we're recording separately and mm. we're talking to each other through Zoom and we get two different audio lines. Now, I came up with that idea I thought independently, <laughs> sure. right? Yeah. I thought that's quite a clever way of doing it because I was trying to think how would we do it remotely? I was saying this to a friend mm. and he's like, yeah, 
Yeah, of course, that's how you do it. He's like, that's how everyone does it. But you know how sometimes you think you've come up with an idea and then you realize everyone's doing the exact same idea? Yeah, well, not everyone. I've heard a lot of um, Zoom audio podcasts, you know, which were just the recording of the Zoom Yeah, they're audio. hard. They can be hard to listen to. Again, you mentioned it. It's audio, right? You just, it could be nothing interesting on the show, but if it's crystal clear audio, people will listen. And that's certainly what we're hoping for, I think, most of the time. Anyway, there's our eight-minute spiel on <laughs> where the media landscape may or may not go to. Yes. Uh, can I just, early on here, Zach, in the podcast, I just want to play something to you. Because, you know, we've had, um, we've had Ben from the UK who's been sending through some music every now and then, um, yeah. inspired by the podcast. I think I, I like to think, this is my words, not Ben's, but that we are kind of his muse. That mm, we will discuss something, we will cover something, and he'll think, I'm going to put that into music. Well, he's done a bit of a treat here. I just want to play you a little bit of the latest thing that Ben has sent through here. Okay. I'm going to stop it right there, Dom. Yeah? Why are you stopping it? Because that is such a discredit to Ben. I've seen Dom grab his microphone and hold it up to his computer. <laughs> We're not playing it like that. What? You, okay. <laughs> I don't know you what to send do. Me, you send me that file and yeah. we'll insert it. <laughs> we'll insert it right now. This is how yeah. it's meant to be heard. <laughs> sing us a song, you're a piano man. Sing us a song that much better yeah that is i'll give you that is better but it was a facebook video that was sent through on so that i that i was uh, it's the only option i had zach i know we've just been talking we, about production we've just values. been talking about production <laughs> values about whether things are audible <laughs> yeah. I holding a microphone that. up to a laptop speaker mm. not ideal well i think it's a lo-fi solution and, and I think that you've got to be able to find them. But thank you for sending that through, Ben. I, I will say, every time I hear that song, I get a bit of a boost emotionally and in terms of my energy. So just that brief grab has me ready for the rest of the podcast. There's a lot of energy in that grab as well. I thought Ben was bringing a lot of oomph to it. Oh, totally. It, it's a brilliant, a brilliant performance. I actually, I'm at the stage where, because you know how when you work, you know, in radio, people will call up and request songs a lot of the time, right? Like, Can oh, we could tell you- that story? Uh, How about you from your early days? Yeah. Well, the problem is, even if I'd rather you didn't tell it, after you've said, can we tell that story, (laughs) it's hard for me to say, no, no, you can't tell it. Before I worked with Dom, back in early days of of radio, he was doing a local late night show and people would call up and request songs. Funnily enough, doesn't really happen, never really happened to us on our show. Not often, no. Not often. Well, I think, I think out. producer Michael and Jack Jr. Might, might have, have filtered um, those out. Yeah, they maybe yes. never passed it on to us that people were requesting songs. Yeah. But back before uh, Dom had a producer, he would answer the phones mm. and people would request songs all the time. Now, Dom, for some reason, had it in his head that the customer was always right. That <laughs> whatever the listener wanted had to go ahead. However... Mm. He was under strict instructions that he couldn't change the playlist. I can't. So he's requests. in a bit of a he's not he's in a bit of a conundrum here. Yeah. And so his his solution was to play each person the song down the phone line. 
So it's all crackly and similar to how you just heard Piano Man just then. Yeah. And Dom would sit there for three and a half minutes with the phone line open while the person listened to it. And then he'd go, how, how about that? Did you enjoy that? But not as a joke. Well, like I, this was yeah. completely sincere. I think someone at the radio station, uh, Tim, if he, if he ever listens to this, he mentioned it to me as something to do. And I think it only it took me four years to realize he said it as a joke, because yeah, I went right. to him and I said, "Oh, people keep requesting songs. What should I do?" And I think he said, "Why don't you play them down the phone line to them?" And in his mind, I thought, I think he he was like, "Well, that's a that's a good joke. Imagine doing that." To me, that led on to two years of every time someone wanted to hear Timber, you know, I'd be I'd be playing that down the line to them. And and I, I think yeah. also in those days, you get so few calls. Yes. You treat them so preciously. Totally. Whereas if you ever go and work at a, you know, or see a breakfast show while they're doing a competition, <laughs> they're dropping calls left, right and center. You know, if you're yeah. not exactly, give them exactly what they want straight away, boom, you're off and you won't even get an explanation why they've hung up on you. Yeah, totally. Like it, it is like, you can imagine probably some of the, the most attractive in society, what their use of a dating app would be like. You know, they right. can swipe at whim. That's that's a breakfast show. Whereas a yep. late night show is a bit more like maybe I used to be like when I was briefly on dating apps, which is now, not, not in the same position. I do feel for people listening to this, and I hate listening to a podcast where mm. it comes on. I feel for you if you're listening for the first time. We're 10 minutes in, 13, almost 15 minutes in. <laughs> no explanation of what this is. No explanation of what we're doing. Yeah. So a rundown of the show today, Dom. Yep. I've got an idea for Twitter, an idea to make Twitter a whole lot better. My wife and I were discussing this yesterday. I also want to go over my coffee processing um, endeavors that's happened. A lot of people have been getting into artisan Mm. baking. A lot of people making sourdoughs, banana breads. I've been trying to process my own coffee. Yeah. Hasn't gone particularly well. I'll share that a little later on. Well, I, I do know that with coffee generally, don't the beans often come from really exotic places? And that's sort of the appeal rather than your backyard? Well, no, the appeal isn't that it's an exotic place. It's a place that's good for growing coffee. It just so happens that it's not Australia. Right, sure. Okay, well, uh, and, and just briefly, in fact, maybe I'll kick off with this now because uh, last episode, Zach, we were talking about me feeding the brush tail possum who lives in a oh, possum Are we getting box. back into this, are we? I mean, well, we spent 20 minutes last time. Okay, Does it need yeah. to be wrapped up? Uh, there have been there have been messages and requests to people saying that our whole podcast should be possum chat, a possum podcast. There's a lot of love for possums out there, Zach. I don't deny that. Yeah. I, I, I in just a think, sense, I didn't know whether it was constructive or not. Where it we is got a to. shame. I've been thinking about with my increased possum love because when we did a late night show for three years, that's you know that's a breakfast show for possums, right? Late night is it's prime time for possums. We did nothing with them. We we could have Shout done a possum, out to all the possums out there. We could have done a possum traffic report. We could have said possum spottings. Have you just seen a possum? We, there was a lot I of did potential. See, I did see the message come through on Facebook in regards to the portions that you're giving yeah. the possum. Well, so it this seems is like that half an apple might have been significantly <laughs> too much. Well, this is what I wanted to address because Anna did send a message through. Anna uh, volunteers at a zoo and has very helpfully uh, given me some possum feeding tips. She said that maybe once every few days at most, I could give Polly, my brush-tailed possum, one uh, cubic uh, centimetre of apple. Uh, which I, I will say, yeah, that's like one small bite. That's one tiny nibble of apple. Um, I would say I have been giving Polly, probably, if I'm honest, most nights, roughly 15 to 20 cubic centimetres 
of Apple. It's engorging. So, yeah. So, like, but but I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out the one cubic centimetre because obviously they eat a lot more than one cubic centimetre in the course of a night. Like, you know, if they eat a... You mentioned the well, guavas Well, you don't know something. that, though. You don't know that. Oh, well, I do because I've seen them eat other fruits and stuff. I'm like, they'll have a yes, whole... Yes, you've seen them, but, I've been, but you're not measuring when and how often that is. So, for example... Well, that's true. Like, if you were to see a snake eat a possum yeah. you think holy crap snakes eat a lot but mm. you'd be assuming that they eat as regularly as humans but they might eat that once every few months and then not eat anything else well, that's so you don't true. know the frequency that a possum I'm, I'm i'm assuming that you're not keeping a diary of how frequently you see this yeah uh, yeah it's every it's every night generally that i see when the i did see that message come through mm. uh, the centimeter by centimeter and then i did think about how big an apple is <laughs> i was like yeah well i wouldn't you know, eat a slice of pizza pizza that's three times the size of my head. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Which is like the the amount of... Oh, yeah, you would. That's not true. I no, understand I your point. I wouldn't eat a piece of pizza three times the size of a, my head. A large pizza would be larger than your head. Not in volume. Uh, not in volume, but in, in, you know, in diameter. Absolutely it would be. I, I hear what you're saying and I hear what Anna's saying too. My understanding from what Anna said is that the problem is less about that's too much for a possum to eat. I mean, that's a, that is a side, a side problem. But the bigger problem is around the fact that that will be become their whole food source in a sense. So then they won't be out looking for other food as well. So instead of supplementing their food source with a little treat, suddenly my apple becomes their, their sole food source. And I do see why that is a problem. I While I was uploading the podcast yesterday, mm-hmm. um, I did do a little bit of research because you you spat out a bit of a few numbers a few statistics mm. did i uh <laughs> during worry. our conversation and so i thought i'd follow you know, just see if i could find any info about it so i did a quick google yeah both the brisbane city council yeah uh, which is our local jurisdiction mm. and wise which is the wildlife rescue organization yeah uh both had the recommendation not to feed wild animals yeah they yep. they both had the recommendation that if you would like to show your affection for the wild animals, the best way to do it is establishing uh, native areas that they can inhabit. So Mm. uh, trees and bushes that they like to eat from. I I believe last time you you planted some trees, you purposely got invasive species. Is that correct? I didn't get invasive. That's such a heavy word. I got moraes. I don't know if they like moraes. However, we did also plant a heap of lily pillies in the backyard and they love them. Well, these are natives. Um, now, I also, you said 99% of people would agree that yeah. when the possum looked at you, it would be communicating love. Oh, I didn't exactly say that. I no, just, no, that's exactly what you said. I said 99% <laughs> of people would agree with me uh, about my worldview, which is optimistic and looks into greater meaning and love, as opposed to your reductionistic, things are what they are and live with them worldview. Now, I thought about that term too, reductionistic, and I thought, well, isn't it reductionistic... Mm. Not to investigate anything, just to say, well, whatever I think is. Oh no, right. no, no, no! Certainly, certainly investigate. But things are bigger than the sum of their parts. Zach, again, I'll use the analogy I used the other day. You're standing there marrying somebody at a wedding day, and what's going on inside of you, what the actual event is, is much more than what you could explain scientifically. That's my point. There's not greater necessarily. Meaning. Just because you don't understand it at the moment doesn't mean it can't be explained. Now, <laughs> the because by that logic you know 200 years ago they'd be mm. like well 
Just don't look into it. Don't know no, why I, everyone's not, dying. I, it's there's okay. this greater meaning. Sometimes people die. Oh, it's shut like, well, up. if no one looked into it, they wouldn't find out why people were dying. I and we wouldn't a, be I, able to have cures for that. You know I love science. I'm a big fan of science. and I, I Well, uh, not historically. No, no, no. Well, I do get annoyed when scientists tell me that all my favorite foods are bad for me. That frustrates me. You and the five have and two a theory diet, that they're out to get you. Well, the five and two diet is garbage. But that's a side that can't be accurate because who has time? And every time I bring this up, you say you do, and then we did the phone topic, and others did. But I've never, I cannot imagine having time to find five vegetables every day. That's just ridiculous. Well, let's cover that later on. Let's put that on the agenda. Sure. How do you find five vegetables in a but day? I, I just, I just, I just want to address this because I don't want to be misrepresented here. I do wholeheartedly believe in investigating and looking into the science, and everything you're saying is valid and true. But I also believe that there are things beyond human understanding understanding of course there is and i think the connection i have with my brush tail possum polly is one of those things you could break it down scientifically but there's something going on in the way we interact with each other two souls coming together in this world which you won't be able to explain away in any lab well i mean we don't know about that <laughs> uh, well the last thing i was just going to say is you're not giving the other possum i believe his name's pam yeah pamela are you I've given Pamela a tiny bit of apple, but very little. Because apparently for ringtail possums, which I believe Pamela is, mm. that can be quite dangerous to them. Apple? Yeah. Fruit. Oh. Because okay. it, they can't digest it or something like that. Well, I'm I concerned that, that I Googled for about four minutes and I found this stuff out and you've been, you've been giving them this stuff for weeks and you well, haven't no, looked into okay. it. I've given Pamela very little, very little... Um, apple i've given pamela she likes eating these like pink berries that are found on the lily pilly trees yeah she loves eating them so I, sometimes i'll help her get to some of the branches that she can't get to by by picking those berries let's move on from the possum chat i think we've got to a resolution there yeah uh my coffee processing dom this yes. is uh nine months in no to be honest two years in the making i planted a coffee tree two years ago mm. i've been nurturing it to the time that it will fruit. It started to fruit nine months ago. This is how long it takes. So the fruit comes, little green berries or little green fruit. It takes nine months for them to turn red, which is mm. when you can pick them. So spring last year, I see them for the first time. I think it's going to be a couple of weeks. Turns out nine months. So winter this year, they come in. I harvest them the other day. I get a good little handful. I reckon probably a couple of cups full is what I would imagine my harvest was. It's a, it's, okay. a, it's a small tree. It's been bred to be a small tree. So I was never expecting a massive amount of uh, fruit from it. Sure. The coffee process, what you have to do is you pick these, um, They, you know, we commonly call them beans, but I think they're actually seeds because it's the seed inside the fruit. Sure. You've got to get the seed out. Um, I was doing this by hand. That probably took half an <laughs> hour. You put the seeds inside water to ferment them. Yeah. Uh, you ferment the mucus off the outside for a couple of days. After that, you sun dry them from anywhere between 5 and 30 days. Uh, you take them out of a husk that they're in. After that, you then roast them, <laughs> uh, which you can either do, well, mainly on a stovetop if you're yeah. going to do it from home. Uh, then after that, you need to grind it. Mm. Then you'll need to put it through uh, some type of coffee filter before you get your cup of coffee. It's a long yeah. process over weeks. Certainly effort versus reward on that. I mean, you, you do realise coffee isn't super expensive. Getting Get a pod machine. Buy a pod machine. You're set. I mean, it is funny how you jump 
between extremes because being a part of a process, seeing a process from the beginning to the end, you Mm. could say would be an example of where humans experience something outside of the sum oh, of the no, parts. No. Okay. I mean, a sentence no, you just no. said two minutes ago, and then all of a sudden you can't understand it when it's in a slightly no, no, different no. context. Don't, don't throw me under that bus, because I, I do agree that if if it's the process you've fallen in love with, then absolutely. But I think you, you're in love with coffee. I think that's what you're in love with. I do enjoy coffee. I think it would be cool to do it. It's just fun. It's, I just, it's I, fun to be I, a sure. part of a long process. It's fun to see things come to fruition. It's that's fun fair. to find out how it works. I used to love those shows. You know those ones where you see inside factories? Sometimes I've even watched these videos on YouTube. <laughs> okay. And you just see how they put packaging together. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah, it is good fun. It is good fun. I remember watching a like multi-hour documentary on the Cadbury Chocolate Factory that did that sort of I thing. I saw one where this guy... I only saw one episode of this show. But mm. this guy... He would try to make conventional things in his shed. Okay. And so things that are usually mass produced. So he tried to make a bowl of cornflakes from beginning right. to end, but only using things that he could either find in his shed or in the kitchen. He huh. made instant coffee uh, in his shed and stuff like that. It was really interesting. Mm. Anyway, my point is I've put two, two and a half years effort into this cup of coffee left them in the bowl too long. They got moldy in the fermented, uh, fermented, uh, fermenting process. And I've had to chuck them out. Oh no, so, no. Two and what? a half years. Wasted. Was that a mistake of, of yeah. yours? Well, Yes. Do you like forget? No, but like, did you no. did you forget or did well, you just misjudge it? Misjudged it. Uh, I it said two to three days. I checked after two and three days, mm. and it still had the mucus on it. And I was like, oh, I'll just leave it for longer. I had I have fermented things before. I've made pickles. Sure. And so I thought oh, it wouldn't make a difference. A couple more days. Came back, mold all over it. Googled it. I was like, is it okay if it's got mold on it? Some people said yes. Majority of people said no. And I was like, not going to risk it, particularly because my wife's pregnant. Apparently, mold is like a big thing you should avoid. Yeah. And I was like, ah, got to chuck that out. So the interesting thing is, apparently, mm. this is not an uncommon thing to happen when commercially processing coffee. And they don't seem to care about it. And there's quite a lot of studies that the coffee you're drinking has possibly mm. problematic spores of mold or some type of residue left from the mold on it. And it might not be very good for you. Well, that that's not ideal. But you know, I never worry about those studies. Like when they say, "Oh, the, your phone is actually more dirty than your toilet bowl," or something like that. Because I think, yes, that sounds disgusting. But I'm fine. We're all pretty fine. I mean, we're not all fine, but many of us. Are, I hope ever. I mean, I'm, I've dug myself into a hole here. I hope as many of us as possible are in good health. The point is that it doesn't really matter, you know, if the, if the is the mold on coffee causing anyone problems, or is it just a bit disgusting to think well, about? Well, we don't know though. We don't know. See, because mm. people get sick, there's still things that are unexplained. Well, that's true. Okay, Maybe that it's because of the mold on the coffee. Who knows? So now, how, how long will, do you have to I, wait now for new for new beans? Well, next year, next winter. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, actually, to be honest, there's a second wave, but it's going to be much smaller. There's a few beans on left on the tree, but I don't even know if it'll be enough for a cup. Yeah. I, I have managed to... I started a, a, a one bean separately because it was ripe at a different time. <laughs> okay. And so there is one bean that's, that's safe from the process. Have you roasted safe it? Safe from the mold. No, it's drying in the sun at the moment. Okay. And so I am going to see how much coffee I can get from from one bean. 
what you should do maybe is like grind that bean with a whole bunch of other coffee beans, right? So it gets to be part of a cup of coffee because that's, I imagine that's a coffee beans dream. That's what it, it's like. It's what it lives for is to be part but of that a cup would of be a blend. That would be a blend, Dom. Yeah. You want it single origin. You want them all to come from the same place. Right. I, I don't really understand the coffee terms. I remember you once took me to a, do you remember that coffee shop you took me to? And they were doing something with coffee in the background, which was a process I've never seen. It was like dripping, like, you know, like one tiny drop at a time. And I had, I, I said, I usually go to Zarafa's or to Gloria Jeans or something. Where have, you, where have you brought me? What are we doing here? That was the start of my coffee education a little bit. But there, there is a whole world into coffee making and coffee, uh, I guess, finessing that I have no, no knowledge about. Yeah, I'm not really into it. I'm into it a little bit. I watch a few coffee channels on YouTube. Well, one actually. Mm. And man, do they get into it. See, last... Like, really? Like, the point... I think you can get to a point where you enjoy it, Mm. but you can also still somewhat enjoy bad coffee. Do you know what I mean? I think once you go past, it has to be done a very certain way or else you can't enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, I totally... It becomes a bit restrictive. Like, if I was staying in a cabin, for example, on a holiday, and all they had was instant coffee, I could have a somewhat enjoyable coffee. But I know there's a lot of people who have gone so far down that coffee rabbit hole that they couldn't do it anymore. They, it would taste... It would be It would be less enjoyable than no coffee at all. Well, but, the good thing that happens is you can become good at filtering coffee yourself so much to the point that you're never away from bad coffee. You know, yeah, as yeah. long as, you know, you're able to pack a couple of things in your bag and you can get boiling water. Yeah. I mean, that's the upside, particularly because, you know, I went to a cafe this morning because I was out and about mm. and I was like, I'll get a coffee. And it was worse than I could make myself. Yeah, and so, that sucks. You know, that's you do hard. Start, no, it, it's not, it doesn't suck because I'm like, well, I'm saving myself four bucks every day. Yeah, I hear what you mean, but when you, especially, so I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to get my coffee order after this. Do you know my coffee order? How old do you know? Uh, tall, white, chocolate, oh, mocha <laughs> with uh, multicolored sprinkles. No, you would have, I'll have a guess. Yeah. It would have used to been a cappuccino, but I think you would have moved to a latte. One sugar. Bang on. That is impressive. How did you pick that? <laughs> I don't know. Why did you Just think I would snack. move from a cappuccino to a latte? Um, because I think you would think that that was a progression. No, I guess it is. Oh, no, it's just because it's... it. I want more milk in the drink, not in the froth. Froth is only good if you're sitting down and you have a spoon to enjoy the froth with, right? Yeah. I, I want Do more... Do you still mi- get chocolate on top, even though it's... Uh, no, I don't get chocolate on no. top. I don't get chocolate on top. But so I'm probably going to go to my local cafe after this and get a get a lot my my latte with one sugar. I will say that moment where you you I'm already looking forward to this coffee. The moment when you have that first sip and you know whether you've got a good cup or not. It can determine the outcome of the rest of the day. And that might suggest I'm getting more into coffee than I ever expected I would because so it is on, having impact now. Are we talking to you before you've had your morning coffee? Well, that goes against the plaque you've got on in the background in your room there. Right next to your live, laugh, love. I, uh, home is where the heart is. You know me. I, I have a lot of, um, a lot of like, cross-stitched slogans on the wall. Um, funnily, you said, actually, mum did have a lot of them growing up. We had a heap I can of imagine. cross-stitched around the house. The home is where the heart is and stuff about friendship and all these sorts of things. I can't really remember what any of them were. Although I do remember there was there was one that was a quote from, I think it was a quote from the Bible that was taken drastically out of context. 
And I kept thinking, if they had put the whole quote in there about vanquishing enemies, that would have had <laughs> that would have been much less peaceful on the kitchen wall cross stitched. My it's from a similar uh, generation. My mother-in-law has a few around. Yeah, you know a lot about the sentiments around family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my wife said, um, well, we were discussing it one day. And one idea is that that might be a way of expressing feelings that a certain generation maybe weren't encouraged to express. Sure. That's fair. That's fair. I I suppose that makes sense. I mean, I do think that the other part of it was they were probably gifted a lot of the time. They are, seem to be uh, things from gift shops, don't they? Yeah, yeah. And I reckon a lot of people would think, oh, they've just moved into their but new that's home. that's what I mean. No, but that's what I mean. Gift. So when they're gifted, so they're gifted from someone. That's true. Who is trying to express a certain thing. But yeah. they might be from a generation that, you know, if they've come from their parents or something like that, it might come from a generation that they didn't really sit down and share their emotions, but they might mm. give them a plaque that has a poem on it. Well, I, w- I did go to a, a friend's place once um, that this is like the when I was in, high, I guess, middle school. And they had cross-stitching, like that sort of stuff, all over the wall. They even had one in the toilet. But the, the, they were meant to be like affirming nice messages. But the one in the toilet said, you are never alone. <laughs> and, and like, that's a nice sentiment for people who struggle with loneliness. Absolutely, it is. And it's a really important thing to remember. But when you're sitting on the toilet, you probably want to feel alone. That's, that's a time yes. where you don't want to feel like anyone's watching. So I felt that that placement was bad in the household. You've got to think about where it's going to be placed. Oh, totally you do. If you're putting cross-stitched sentiments through your household, you have to think about, about where you're putting them and what, what they're saying. Here's how to make Twitter way better. Yeah. Good luck with your coffee beans as well, by the way, next winter. I look forward to, to hearing. Thank you. We have, um, you know, you so often hear stuff on Twitter, don't you? Both people expressing opinions that they get condemned for, mm. but also people reacting to other people's opinions. And my wife was saying yesterday, imagine if you put them through a filter of, do you need to say that on either side? <laughs> does, it, does it need to be said? Okay. And we came up with the idea of the 24-hour filter. That's interesting. So what happens? Because yeah. how quickly these things go out of control mm. and how quickly they also are things from the past. But the consequences are already done in 24 hours. So That's people, true. you know, either have been bullied mm. or people maybe have lost jobs because of stupid things they've said or insensitive yeah, things yeah. they've said. Um, so... You know, there's a, the, what I'm saying is it's not just on one... It's not just sensitive people. It's sensitive people and insensitive people that could get caught up in this... Mm. Um, in, in, in a Twitter conundrum. Mm. And so, this is the 24-hour idea. Is that either... Sometimes you might read something or you might see something that you want to react to. Or maybe you see a tweet that you want to react to. So, you send a tweet off. Twitter holds it for 24 hours. And then they send a notification to your phone the next day and they say, this is what you wanted to express. Mm. Would you still like to send that? If you're out and about the next day, you're not Mm. in that moment anymore. Do you think, I reckon 95% of tweets, people go, oh, what? Oh, I haven't thought about that for 20 hours. That's not a thing I care about anymore. Yeah. And we would just be refined. It's a refining process. I hear you. Down to things that actually need to be said. Because I think so many things... Sure. That people upset people, they just say on a whim. And if they really thought about it, they'd think, I don't need to say that. 
I could I, probably I, go without saying that. Or maybe that's an opinion that people don't need to hear. I hear you, and you've got a valid point. I suppose my concern is that Twitter's whole platform is built on instantaneous. Yes, so, so I don't think I don't. Th- I think don't know if Twitter would be on board with it, <laughs> yeah. because you know yeah. it would really cut down on the amount of content they've got on the yeah, site. Well, totally, because it's live tweeting an event or something, and and if your timeline is full of tweets from last night's football game, that's going to be less ideal. For example, but that's what I mean, though. It's yeah. so instantaneous. But well, they exist forever. See, the other yes. part is maybe they should delete. Maybe it should be like Snapchat. Yeah, that's true. In your opinion, I guess that would really actually cause people to be more offensive, though. Yeah. It? Here's an so idea. Here's an yeah. idea. What about this? What about if every time you want to post something to social media, a tweet, a Facebook post, an Instagram post, whatever, it gets automatically sent, similar to if you act in like a newsroom or something, to one of your 10 closest friends... And they get to, they get, they all have like, to approve it. Yeah. They're like the editor. They will say, yeah. they, so, so that way, if you're going to post something that's very offensive or, or just reactionary, then your friend will get an alert saying, Dom wants to post this. I'll get a phone call saying, Hey, what are you doing? And they need to approve it that way, you know, and it's not just for offensive stuff. It's also for, you know, if someone's going to share a meme that they don't really understand or, yep. You know, yep. the, 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 these sorts of things. Like I saw someone, oh, I, I, I'm very sad to tell you this, Zach, but I did see a minion meme on my uh, feed just the other day that was um, that was sadly uh, not very racially sensitive. And I didn't, <laughs> I, especially in these awful times, I, mean, I didn't want to tell you. the minions don't know what they're expressing, do they? <laughs> no, and it's no. very unfair to put that into a minion's mouth because well, I'm sure yes. they wouldn't, they wouldn't. Uh, they wouldn't agree with those sentiments. No, I'm certain minions would be would be marching at the moment. The minions, the minions have love at their absolute core, so I'm certain about that. But I did just think it is sad that people are co-opting one of the last treasures of this world for uh, you know. It also for, seems for like purposes. a weird tactic to get your. Yeah, out there. that's true. That's true. But I just think you know, if if we had, like, other I don't people, think anyone's read a minion meme and thought, yeah, good point. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I hear you, but I think there is a generation who who maybe have but i look i i just guess i'm saying that if, if maybe every time you wanted to post something it had to be approved of by one or all of your closest friends then social media would be a much nicer place well uh tina fey has an idea of twitter licenses mm, that's where good. she would be the approval board <laughs> where you put in an application and you say what what areas of expertise you have. Yeah. Uh, you give a few samples of some tweets. If you're going to be funny, it's like a few samples of some jokes that you could tell. Yeah, and, that's good. Mm, not this time. <laughs> come back, you know, work on it in six months and come back. <laughs> My other idea is to have a, like a licensing thing. I understand that there are circumstances where mm. people want to be anonymous and find, you know, you have certain jobs and stuff that you don't want to be publicly identified as. But... Um, you know, teachers being one of them. You don't, mm. you, you don't want kids to be able to find you. But I do think that you shouldn't be able to criticize things if you don't have your name. Oh, totally. It. Yes. It's like when people write a letter and don't sign it. Well, and it's like, well, you know, and it's critical. It's like, well, you're not even going to put your name to it. But on social media, people all the time will be able to be critical to people, and this hits mm. hard towards the people it's coming towards. Yeah. But you know, they've put themselves out there. You're going to critique it publicly, but you're not going to put your name to it. I think that's unfair. 
I would love to imagine if there was like a leak one day where the real details of every fake account were posted and suddenly you could see who in your life had like a fake Twitter account that they were using for... Well, you've had a few. I No, okay. I knew I shouldn't... I should have watched my words. I, when you say that, Zach, it sounds like you're saying I had fake Twitter accounts to post cruel and insensitive things. And that is not true. I had a couple Pete of... Pete Smith, isn't it? I did not have a Twitter account called Pete Smith. Pete Smith was a pseudonym I used to write into a radio industry website about <laughs> suggesting that Dom Faye should be looked at for future opportunities <laughs> when I was 18 years old. I'm not, I'm not proud of Pete Smith. It's a part of my history I'd like to forget. But I thought it was a way that could help me get, you know, a radio job, which are quite hard to get. So let's leave Pete Smith to one side. I did have a few Twitter accounts that I used for different purposes. Um, you know, like I had my own Twitter account that I used quite a bit. And then I was doing, I was like a student journalist for a while. And I would use the, uh, the a Twitter account because basically part of the assessment would be you need to live tweet an event. And I thought right. it would be weird to the people who follow my Twitter account if suddenly I'm posting 20 tweets about this drone conference and didn't you have one to ask like basically businesses questions about their business like are you open today and stuff like that (laughs) yeah there there was there i'd often use the uni one but i did briefly have a third one and that would be things such as you know hey dom at dominoes are you still doing this offer today (laughs) (laughs) i mean i mean i guess the world's changing but that's an interesting way to find out that information. I often think I'm in this like a uh, uh, group that's like my local area on Facebook. Sure. The amount of things where I'm just like, Google it, guys. Google it. <laughs> Why are you asking randoms? Yeah. That information you will have in six seconds yeah. if you Google, you know, such and such bakery opening mm. hours. Boom. Done. Well, that was early days of Twitter, I think. The, the specific thing I'm talking about. That was early days of Twitter there. But I do agree with you. And you shouldn't be able to use images of animals or other things as your profile picture if you're going to post insensitive things you should have to have an actual face next to it because I, I mean there's been people who i've seen post really insensitive things and then they'll have a picture of like a i don't know like almost a exclusively tiger. almost oh, totally. exclusively very rarely will people do it when they have their name and but it's also cute they often have cute animals like it's a koala picture or something right. and i'll think well now i think koalas are racist and i don't mm. like i don't like that association you've made in my head leave the koalas out of your bad opinions fair enough yeah. What have the koalas done? Exactly. What are- or maybe it's a very advanced koala. Advanced <laughs> in the sense that it can tweet. Not advanced <laughs> enough that it's progressed its thinking <laughs> to be sensitive to, you know, different people. Yeah, it's possible. It is possible that there's just a lot of very insensitive, cute and cuddly animals out there who have, le- have learned the ability to tweet, but not yet learned empathy to understand other people's situations and how they differ from but- their own. In a vacuum, pretty remarkable that they can use a phone. Oh, that's that part of it's impressive. That part of it's impressive. We and just need to work on the on the thought process. If we can run some, you know, uh, awareness sort of campaigns yes. with with these animals, then maybe it will be a, a whole. Wouldn't that be funny if someone thought that? <laughs> if someone took it at face value, didn't realize, and like we got to get these koalas off Twitter, like they're. I'm sorry, but they're being very offensive. I've heard about the the koalas having chlamydia all through their population, but I didn't know they had this as well. This is a real problem. Who would have thought that such a lovely animal would have such awful opinions about different TV presenters? Uh, Let's get to what's your whistling, Zach, because... Uh, I have had an uh, overwhelming response to last episode's What's He Whistling. This is where I whistle a different tune every episode. 
And uh, if you think you know what it is, you can send. We are your trying list to do through. TV themes. Uh, apparently, we're running out of them yeah. because you say that we're getting fewer and fewer suggestions. I had a few. Have today, we got another TV? Okay, that's good. I've got enough and today. But what I'm, was it? Remind me what it was. What was it last time? Bananas in pajamas was our last yes. thing. Um, but I, look, I would like to open the door now. This is exciting news. I will take all songs again. So oh. I'm still happy to take TV themes, but I'm opening the door. In fact, I'm happy to take ad jingles. Anything that's a yeah, melody. Yeah, ads is good. Ads, or, or if you'd like to hear the iPhone ringtone, you know, I'm happy yeah. to do that. Any, I was thinking yeah. maybe I did see a message come through that they couldn't think of any TV themes. And I thought maybe I watched way more TV than the <laughs> average person because I can think of like another 15. Yeah, there's a few big ones that I, I thought would have come out that haven't come out yet. But anyway, look, if, if you want uh, to, to play along, you just have to message Collective Down on Facebook with what you think I am whistling and uh, a request for next time. I will say that Ruby, Catherine, John, Ben, Joshua, Sophie and Morgan all got bananas in pajamas correct. Ashley was first, though, and Ashley has this week's or this episode's request. Here we go. <clears throat> <laughs> I think that was one of my best. Well done. Another, I don't really uh, arrogant, but I was pretty another happy. Another Aussie one. Yep, another Aussie one. I did one. look it up. Mm. Um, Pina- Pina- Bananas in pajamas was syndicated overseas. So maybe oh, there we go. If you maybe if you saw it, uh, if you lived in other countries, you still might know about it. I'm not sure about this one. I think that one's pretty restricted yeah. to Australia. I think you might be right on that particular one. So if great you think show. It I'm not sure if it's still around. Oh, anymore. surely that's still going. One of the only shows I was allowed to watch as a kid, actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Although well, I still watched other shows when my parents. I still watch Power <laughs> Rangers yeah. when they weren't watching. Yeah, for me it was The Simpsons. That was the show I was rebelling. Oh, if I'm able, if I watch The Simpsons before I reach double digits, then Mum and Dad are going to be unhappy. I remember hearing that many times. Well, if, well, you don't understand any of it, though, would you? That's if you watched true. it under ten. But it was just, it was like, um, I remember Mum and Dad always used to say this about Big Brother: "You're not allowed to watch Big Brother. You, we will not permit you to watch Big Brother. That can't be on in this household." And it built up this like fascination mm. and this desire to watch big brother and then finally when i got old enough to make you know my own tv watching decisions i watched big brother and it yeah, was pretty sucks. it was pretty boring <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't enjoy it at all i thought what, what was all mm. this about but there's that whole thing that prohibition fuels desire them saying you can't do this made me think but well, i want to do that now and i think the simpsons being banned made me at a young age before i even understood the show desire to watch it do you understand it these days <laughs> It's good to end with a, a nice punch out, isn't it? It's good to just get that one in as we wrap up the podcast. You know, a funny one with The Simpsons. I wasn't allowed to watch it till I was a bit old. I was, think I was 11 or 12 and then I yeah. watched all of it. Yeah, sure. Um, so many things I found out in reverse. You know, like, uh, that's not a knife. This is a knife, for example, from Croc <laughs> yes. Dundee in The Simpsons. It's, yes. That's not a knife. This is a knife and they pull out a spoon. He goes, isn't that a spoon? Yeah. He's, oh, you've played knifey spoony before. The I when I watched Croc Dundee later, I was like, oh, it's from The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. I had literally the same thing. You know the Mr. Burns Alien episode, which is like an X Files. Yeah. Takeoff. I watched an episode of the X Files and I was like, oh, well, they've stolen this from from Mr. Burns. <laughs> Another idea stolen from The Simpsons. <laughs> exactly. No, I was I was I was able to figure out that it was a reference, but 
I always saw the parody first. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, but yes, look, if you think you know the What's He Whistling theme, message it to Collecting Nine's Facebook page, request next episode's tune, and uh, it might be whistled by these lips in a few days. Wow, what an honour. <laughs> Thanks, it. guys. There we go. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you in a few days. Stay safe. Bye.